Hello. Before we get into this very special episode in which you'll join me in conducting a paranormal investigation at the Bose Railway Museum, I wanted to make you aware that over on the Patreon is an extended version containing additional audio from the night. This version of the Bose Railway Museum investigation is available right now, and it's over four hours long in duration. It's available on the £3 tier and above, and what's more, to celebrate spooky season being just around the corner, there's now a seven-day no-strings trial available on the £3 tier. So you could sign up and hear this very special episode and all of the other monthly Patreon specials, which include the National Railway Museum, Haggerston Castle Holiday Park, Dalhousie Castle Hotel, and York Dungeon. You can get access right now at patreon.com forward slash Pod. And with that, on with the show. I'm Rob Kirkup. Welcome to How Haunted, a weekly paranormal podcast where each episode we explore the horrible history and terrifying ghost stories of one of the scariest places on the planet. In episode 58, we conclude a very special series of episodes, as for a third and final time, you will join me in Sunderland, Tyne and Weir, where in August of this year, 2023, I conducted a paranormal investigation at a former railway. Not only will I tell you every aspect of what happened throughout the evening, but you'll hear actual audio from the night itself, so you can hear for yourself what happened, exactly as it happened. Tonight, in the final part of our three-part special, let's conclude our time in Sunderland and ask just how haunted is the Bose Railway Museum? Listener discretion is advised, as this episode features real audio from an actual paranormal investigation where anything could happen. Listen on, if you dare. We walked from the wagon shop back over to the joiner shop. Rob pointed out an area across the fields where one of the pit explosions happened, and the sad truth is that there are bodies buried beneath that farmer's field at this very day that have never been recovered, and likely never will. I noticed John was looking up to the sky again, and we discussed some of the best stargazing spots in the region, most famously Kielder, which is one of the best skies to see stars in all of Europe, and has been awarded protector status by the International Dark Skies Association. As I carefully stepped onto and then off a flat wagon, which was bridging a gap where the track ran about six feet below, I mentioned to Rich how wet the grass was, and not for the first time this evening, I grumbled about how cold I was. It was quite telling from the conversation we were having, and I could hear others around us having, that the wagon shop had not lived up to expectations, as nobody was discussing anything that had occurred when we were in there. We reached the joiner's workshop, the heavy sliding metal door was heaved open again, and for the second time this evening, in we went. So we've just left the, um, I don't know what, what the, the room's called, like a train yard kind of these days. Other side, so it was at least over there, but on the other side of those trees. But also 200 metres down. So that was a canny shot, obviously there were long shots, weren't there? Yeah. Then it was just an explosion. <laughs> Realised they would never get them out, so they just left them. Oh. I mean, they would have been killed in some. Which is it? Do we have a closer to the most? Uh, the Jupiter over there. 
you share? Did you buy a telescope? Yeah, yeah. I, a telescope. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to buy a telescope. Yeah. <laughs> High force up at Barna Castle is a great dark sky spot. Is it? They have, um, I've seen them advertised on Facebook, stargazing events when oh, there's the meteor showers and stuff on, they do yeah. it. I think they have a small observatory up there now. You've done the, have you done the Kielder one, haven't you? Yeah. I went to the Kielder one once. That, 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 that was good, I would love to go back at some point. I would love to go I'm glad I didn't put my sketches on it. Man, this grass is so... Any warmer yet? I'm freezing. I'll be, the thing is, I'll be nice and warm when I get to bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll put, if, I'll put my heated seats on and my car for still cold. I shouldn't be cold, it's August. It's the end of August, isn't it? Yeah. September's less than a week away, you know. Like Friday, Friday's the first of September. Yeah. We haven't much had much of a summer though, have we? No, I think we're in the late summer, like in Yeah. Right, we're going back to this uh, the joiner shop, perhaps the oldest of the surviving buildings of this site. Dates from the 1826. Yeah. Thank you. We split up, and it was our turn to go upstairs. I followed at the back as we climbed the modern wooden staircase. I trailed behind Rob, Rich, John, and two girls. The same six of us who'd been together downstairs the last time we were in here. This was a very different area to what I was expecting. It was essentially a large space, split into two rooms. It was clear that this area didn't stretch around the corner at all meaning that when we were downstairs earlier on, the other group who were up here were nowhere near us. The smaller of the two rooms through a door appeared to be used for storage. I noticed cardboard boxes filled with a model railway magazine and all manner of other train-related paraphernalia, and the larger space immediately at the top of the staircase looked as if it might have been used for talks and educational workshops. As I explored the smaller room with Rich and Rob, we heard a loud wooden bang. Rob immediately thought perhaps this was the explanation for the bang we'd heard earlier, when we were downstairs. It was one of two chairs being moved noisily. Could this have been the cause of the bang? I wasn't sure. Gone upstairs this time. Yeah, I wonder where we were downstairs. What's through here? We were nowhere. This goes nowhere round. This doesn't go anywhere near as far round as there. Is where we were on the other side, does it? Could this wooden floor maybe be someone done something and dragged up? There. That bank, did it? Yeah. That would have been it. Yeah. Whatever caused that? 
What, what, what caused it? That, was that you, Rich, making that noise? No, But it wasn't two bangs, though, was it? We could hear voices. Was it Wayne? We went into the smaller room which was closer to where the other team would have been and we could hear them talking. But it did seem as though they'd not gone all of the way down to the bottom of the long room yet. And within a couple of minutes we couldn't hear them at all. In the larger of the two spaces we spread ourselves around the room. I stood next to a large window which offered a little bit of light, casting my creepy shadow across the room. Rob asked aloud. We all hoped we could make contact with whoever may have been with us before when we were elsewhere in this building. He listened back to the voice recorder to see if there was any sounds captured that we couldn't hear when he was talking. So is there anybody in here? Any spirits? Did you work, were you a manager? Is this sort of your office space? Did you work for the National Coal Board?
We're going to make a noise. If you could copy it. So we thought we could hear banging when we were here earlier. If there is a, some, if there is somebody in here that can understand what we're saying and copy it, can you do that? I'm going to make two yeah, noises. Oh, it just. I see the torches of the other groups. <coughs> what are they? You can see it with that number one on the bottom. That's the one. Yeah, I don't know where we were. Yeah. Okay, if you can copy us, we could hear you before. This is the sound that we're going to try and recreate. Can you copy this? Is there any children in here? I'm going to play a game. Can you tell me how old you are if you're here? Rob continued to speak into the darkness, and he asked if there could have been animals here. And as he asked if there could be animals here, he spotted something white out of the window I had my back to. He said he saw a white object that looked like a horse. A couple of people confirmed that there had been a black and white horse out there at the beginning of the evening, so it was probable that the black horse was not visible in the darkness, but he could see the white horse. Rob mentioned the thermometer was now reading 24 degrees Celsius. It had been 18 when we came into the room. This seemed bizarre to me. There was no way it was that warm in this room. He asked for anybody with us to make it cold. The reading decreased. A metallic sound was heard from downstairs, like a door. We weren't sure what it was, but we'd not heard the other group at all now since we'd first heard them not long after coming upstairs. Maybe there's animals on this site as well. We know there's been horses and ponies. Can you see those? Are there any horses that you can tell us about? Are you currently on your night shift? Are you trapped on this land? Is this 
somewhere that you can't move on. Rob told us all about the next building we had to investigate, the intriguingly named Underground. Did he sit as officers as well? To go into? The next room, the next building we're going to is the, um, it's called the Underground, but it's not Underground, but uh, the trains in there are like ones that went in there. Oh, right. Yeah, right. the Underground trains. Yeah. 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 <coughs> but that's interesting because that's the one where they get the poltergeist activity. So oh, you should. <laughs> Amanda, who was the old curator, she just left. She said that she was built a little cottage in there, like a display thing for the kids. And she said that she came out of the room and a metal bolt came and hit her in the chest. And then she looked down something and said there was a pile of stones, like in a nice pile. And she was like, that's like weird, that. And then the bolt that hit her. She said it was from one of the engines, from one of the locomotive engines. It's like it come out and obviously the engine's not on. Jesus. And that's like, that happened a while ago, but that's story. And uh, that's the one where Norman's meant to be. We'd heard nothing from the other group for some time, so Rob radioed through to them to see if they were still downstairs. Yeah. Oh, I still think that they've gone. We'll see where they are. Well, they've had to get. They've had to go past the bottom of the staircase to get out. They're not particularly. Maybe you can get up that side as well. Yeah, you can't because Wayne was saying about that door, and then when you walk back down. Oh, yeah, they're probably gone. They've left us again. Wayne, are you still downstairs? No. They're in the same building, though. Because we thought it went quiet and then we didn't realise it was If you want to go back downstairs, you'll Moving downstairs. With the building now empty other than us, we took the opportunity to return to the workshop area where we'd been earlier, where we'd heard knocking. We asked out for anybody with us to let us know. As we talked, John heard footsteps and then I could see a figure walk past a window break in the light. I spoke up, and I wasn't the only person who could see it. That's a bonus. How'd you get out of that wall? Is that the door? Is that? So back where we were before, where we heard the knock knocking. 
Så det är ute eller där? Ja. Ja, Can anyone copy this sound and make this bang or this knock? So do you think there was anything upstairs that could have created those booms? I don't. No, I think it was so far away as well from where we were. Yeah. The loudest noise we heard was like a chair moved or something, didn't it? And that was just because I'd knocked it with my foot, but it obviously reverberated through the floorboards. Come on, is there anybody in this space who wants to communicate with us? If there is, tap twice for yes. Okay, if you don't want to tap, maybe you can copy me. All I want to know is that there's something here, something paranormal. We don't mean you any harm or any disrespect. We just want some proof or some clarification that there was someone else here with us. See that window down the bottom? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just seeing what looked like, dare I say, a figure walking past the break in the oh, light. There. Oh, yeah. I've just seen one. Yeah, there's somebody there, isn't yeah. there? Thank God for that. Who is it though? Because there's people there, isn't there? Just go, yeah, there's a figure there and we just stick it over it. Yeah. But no, there's, there's, there's several know. people just walk past the window. I was at the other group. Sadly, there was a completely rational explanation for the figure. It was another group stood outside having a smoke. When the subject of ghosts seen outside of these buildings came up, Rob told us again the story of the ghost seen on the crossing next to the museum, going into a little bit more detail. She's the one who told me the story about people on the level crossing outside. Mm. Well, people on the level crossing? Probably people drive past here. And loads of people have said they've seen like what they think is miners like walking across the railway line. The, the railway line goes yeah, over there, and then it goes like you walk it. Um, That's what I asked her earlier on as well. I said because somebody had told us that it goes all the way up to. I thought it was Beamish, but she said it actually goes all the way up to Dipton. Yeah, where is Dipton? It's like towards Concert Stanley Way or that way. No, on top like the big yeah. area, that's where it starts. Oh. All the way up there. Come back like another day or a night. You can, yeah, you can walk in this little abandoned platforms like railway stations yeah, yeah, and stuff. Mm. 
there's a sto- there's stories if you go on um, this place's website they've uh-huh. got stories of deaths that happened on railway line yeah. and apparently the, one of the common ones was people used to get lit like they'd finish work and they were going like down that way yeah. they would jump on the back of a wagon and just like jump off when they got to where they were going That's really and apparently some guy like he was trying to run and jump uh-huh. from one to the other and he went down and it said that when he went underneath it That's all the wagons were like over the top of him oh. you saw them like go oh. over but it's on their, their website yeah so they hit the lift like Marty McFly in back the yeah. picture of the skateboard yeah. Yeah. About the yeah, it was a <laughs> if it was a way of just getting to where you were going which you put inside no We got onto the subject of those unfortunate souls caught up in the pit explosions, but who didn't die in the initial blast, and how horrible it would be to be underground hoping, waiting to be found. I looked at the time, it was nearing one in the morning, so I asked if we should move on, keen on hopefully experiencing this poltergeist activity that Robert told us about a little earlier. Rob radioed through to Wayne, who said that they had had some success in the underground with the spirit box and the temperature in the room with them had dropped rapidly. With this, we headed out of the back door and into the night. We entered the underground, the only building we hadn't investigated so far this evening, and some of our group got an immediate fright. Okay, Dad. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, my God. What's up? The woman sat there. Where? Me? Oh. This is where um, um, Amanda got hit by the. Oh. Uh, she said she walked through this doorway mm-hmm. and said the piles were down here. Came in the next day. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, the yeah. oh, 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 So she just come oh, through there like what Bob's just done and hit her in the chest there. He's been at a nice little tiny. The temperature's dropped down there, but it's just been normal temperature. The room had a small area, and the immediate entrance made up like a house, complete with mannequins. Rob said that this was where Amanda, a former curator who'd recently left, had had a bolt from a train hit her in the chest when she'd been leaving the room. She found out it was from one of the trains in this very room. There was also a neatly stacked pile of stones on the floor. This building wasn't called the Underground, because we were now underground but rather because it contained locomotives that would have been used underground. We headed into a darkened room with a huge piece of machinery in it. A sign on the door said, Blacksmith's Demonstrations. Hello, Norman, Rob said. Then he explained that this is Norman's room. He stays here and oversees people using his machine during daytime tours. So anyone who comes in here says, Hello, Norman. So we all did. Better safe than sorry. We're now in an underground. There's a, like a bit done up like a house. There's loads of trains that would be used on the underground railway. They might have come back round. Blacksmith's demonstrations in this room. So apparently, what they say is when you come to the staff to volunteer, I'm going to say hello, Norman. And he's apparently the clock of the medium to start this machine. Um, and this was his machine. I don't know. That one.
Rob showed us a sliding metal door into a back room which had half a dozen locomotives in it. He told us that this is where Wilf, one of the volunteers, had a ghost scream right in his face. We enter. The door is heavy, and the noise when I close it booms around the echoey space. We walk single file along the narrow walkway between the trains to our right and shelves full of all manner of tools to our left. The first train we pass is called Pinky. When we reach the end of the walkway, we need to turn around and walk back. It's quiet. Too quiet. It is feeling cool in here. Yeah. Blacksmith's demonstrations. Oh. I don't know what room is or what it was used for. Other than Norman's machine. In this area, I said it was coming from one of these trains. Terrifying. Our walk through this space was uneventful, but when we got back into Norman's room, the change in temperature was noticeable. Even John, who was wearing a big coat, was complaining about how cold he was. John asked aloud, attempting to make contact with Norman or any other spirits who may have been there with us. It's been like a just an interesting. Twenty-one point 
Who is the person who threw something at Amanda? Why are we doing that? Were you doing that to hurt her? Or were you just having a laugh? Spirits within the sound of my voice, I ask that you give us a response. Identify yourself, speak, tap on something, make some noise, interact with one of us. Can you throw something? An object, anything. A stone, a piece of metal. Just throw something onto the floor. Say it again, but it's, I still think they've gone somewhere else because you would still hear them, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Where's the supposed to be? Hmm? Where's the supposed to be? I thought they'd gone. I don't know where the, uh, the cottage was still. Oh, thanks, there's no way they're in there. Yeah, you'd hear them. You'd yeah. hear them, but. You'd hear them. They went out the door that we came in. Oh, I will. Well, when was that you making it cold in here earlier? With the time now at ten past one and things seeming very quiet here in the underground, Rob decided that he wanted to go and give the blacksmith shop another try before the night was over. We had a chat and agreed to split into two groups of three. John Rich and I would stay in the underground another 15 minutes and Rob and the two ladies would head off to the blacksmiths. Right, it's ten past one and it's just me, John and Rich now in the... uh, this Norman's room. Hello, Norman. Hello again, Norman. Uh, so, so all of the other the other groups are are off elsewhere around the building. Like it's at the beginning, there was two big groups, and now we seem to have, have separated off a little bit. So we're going to do a little bit in here. The three of us asked Norman or anybody else with us to let us know that we were not alone. After 15 uneventful minutes and the time now around half one, we agreed to say farewell to Norman and to the underground and head back to base. 
How do you feel? Tired. Are you feeling John? Think, think flat? Yeah. Not getting anything. Should we just head back? I think so. We left the underground pulling the heavy door closed. The cold air took my breath away as we stepped outside. And we were lost. We weren't entirely sure how to get back to the cafe which was being used as the base. Thankfully we weren't lost for long and after a couple of minutes we approached the only lit room on the entire Bose site. Our base. It was full of people from both the Spirit Stalkers group and the Spiritus group. Many were putting their coats on and it seemed like they may be heading home. John Rich and I had a quick chat and we decided to call it a night. We'd had a fantastic evening, but it was time to go home. We made a point to find Wayne and Rob and thank them so much for this evening. We'd been made to feel so welcome. And we bid Bose Railway Museum farewell. We exited through the metal gate we'd entered around six hours earlier. And John Rich and I wished each other a good night. And we all agreed that this may have been our first investigation in many years, but we'd get together and do another one soon. After getting in my car, I was glad of the sit-down. I'd spent hours stood on my feet, but I was more thankful for the heat. I put the heated seats on and whacked the temperature up from 14 degrees Celsius that I'd had it set on for at least a couple of months, it was August after all, up to 19 degrees. And I made my way home on the dark, quiet roads. Uh, it's been an absolute joy to see you gents again. Yeah, likewise. Do this again? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get the gang back together, me, you. John and Tommy. Sounds fun. We'll do, uh, we'll do another one. Yep. Right. Safe drive home, everyone. See you later. Dear Lord, it's cold. It is. See you later. What a great night. It had been largely quiet. But as Wayne had said during our initial briefing right at the beginning of the night, there's absolutely no guarantees when it comes to paranormal investigations. We'd all had such a good evening that all I wanted to do when I got home was to look to organise our next one. I couldn't wait to get back together with Tom, John and Rich and see where our next adventure would take us. Enormous thanks to Spiritus Paranormal Investigations for allowing us to join them at Bose. If you're looking to go along on a paranormal investigation and they're running one near you, please check them out. They are northeastern based, but they do carry out events all over the UK. You can find them at spiritusparanormal.co.uk, or you can find the link in this podcast episode description. Rob was great with us too, and you should definitely check out his YouTube channel, which you can find by searching at TV on YouTube, or the link in this podcast episode description. He has videos up of some amazing, very scary locations, such as Chillingham Castle, Alastair Crowley's Bullskin Ritual House on the banks of Loch Ness, a house in Tallinn in Estonia, which has links to the devil, and many, many more. Check them out, especially with Halloween just around the corner. They will be perfect company for the spookiest time of the year. You can follow How Haunted on Twitter at at HowHauntedPod or over on Instagram at HowHauntedPod where you will see photos galore relating to our investigation at the Bose Railway Museum. If you want to get in touch, 
you can do so by visiting the website at www.how-haunted.com or you can email me at rob at how-haunted.com If you'd like to support the show, you can sign up to one of three Patreon tiers. They start at as little as £1, and there's currently a free 7-day trial for anybody signing up at the £3 tier. On the £3 tier, you'll get early ad-free access to episodes, and a monthly bonus episode, where I conduct a paranormal investigation, and in September, it was the extended edition of this Bose Railway Museum adventure, just in time for spooky season. It covers the entire night, in an extended version of our adventure, which includes almost three and a half hours of audio from the night itself. Speaking of Halloween, I have something very special lined up for later this month, perfect for the scariest time of the year. You can also get yourself some exclusive How Haunted merch, including a mug and a t-shirt. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash howhauntedpod. If you'd like to support the show but you aren't a fan of Patreon, why not donate £2 at buymeacoffee.com forward slash howhauntedpod. All the information and links are in this podcast episode description. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please consider leaving a review on your podcast provider of choice. It really does help other people to find How Haunted. Next time out, we head to an idyllic village in Gloucestershire, a village that may well be one of the most haunted in England, and, as Halloween draws ever closer, by the light of our lit pumpkin lanterns, I will lead you on a ghost walk along these historic streets, in which we will look at no fewer than 28 reported hauntings. Join me next week, and together we will ask just how haunted is Presbury Village. Thank you so much for accompanying me for our paranormal adventures once again, Stay safe, and join me next time, when we will once again ask the question, How Haunted? Don't touch.